This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Como estas, me amo Morgan. <laughs> What's that mean? Whoa, this is loud. Hello, my name is Morgan. Yeah. Me amo Morgan. Yeah. <coughs> Good. You're learning. Can you? Go for it. That's from all that anime. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Great? Indifferent? We had we had a few people get baptized this morning, so give them a round of applause. I'm not going to make them stand up or do any of that. They've already had enough public. Yeah, everybody give her a clap, yeah. I I single-handedly messed it all up and forgot the good confession, so that's just what I do. I go everywhere I can in like a wrecking ball and just screw things up. I did try really hard. I got it right the second time. <laughs> the second time, not the first time. It was not on the first time. Nathan even told me it was, and he said, wow, they were no help to you, were they? I was like, well... I probably should have memorized it, but that's on me. It happens. I promise to only forget a few things that I was supposed to say tonight. So, but you'll never know because you don't know those. So, so we're gonna finish up the rebellious series. It was a two-week series, and we've kind of been flipped and flopped around because we keep having weeks off and weeks on. And like Tebow said, we're off again next Sunday. So. We just don't like to have tribe anymore is really all it boils down to. Yeah, I hate you guys. I don't want to be here, and I'm only here because I have to be, so. <laughs> Fired. Yeah. So, to get started, you guys have all heard of the phrase, like, dream big, right? Like, you've heard people tell you to dream big. You've probably heard it so much that it probably loses its meaning a little bit. Like, you're like, what does dream big even mean? Everybody tells you, hey, we need to dream big. We dream big. But if you really think about it, 
like the meaning behind the phrase is actually a powerful one, even if it does lose its meaning to us sometimes. It doesn't really make sense to tell people to dream small. Like it doesn't, I wouldn't tell anybody to dream small, like that's lame. Why would, why would we dream small dreams when the big ones are, they're so much more fun anyways to think about. Like why dream about winning regionals when you can dream about winning states? Or why dream about getting just a role in a movie when you can dream about being the star of the movie? Or why dream about meeting LeBron when you could dream about being the next LeBron? Like, those are big dreams. Those are big things that are actually fun to think about. But let me tell you about my biggest dream when I was a kid. This was my biggest dream. And to some of you, this may not seem like a big dream. Yeah, that didn't work out, though. But this was my biggest dream. And at the, in, my, in my head at the time, it seemed even bigger than it is now. And sometimes I still wish I could go back and relive those days of dreaming about this. But if you could have been in my head at the time, you could have realized just how big this dream was for me as a kid. So when I was a kid... Believe it or not, all I wanted to do was be a cowboy. I wanted, I wanted to be a cowboy. And if you don't believe me, here's a picture of me as a kid dressed up as a cowboy. And this is not Halloween. This is not going to a costume party. This is just me on a Tuesday, just hanging out in the backyard. And I didn't just want to be a guy who like lived on a farm and dressed like a cowboy, but like I wanted to be a legit, like real old time western cowboy. I wanted to ride a horse everywhere that I went. I wanted to wear my cowboy hat, my boots, my chaps, my bandana around my neck. I wanted it on at all times. I wanted to lasso up bad guys everywhere I went, get into standoffs and duels. And like spend my nights at the local saloon doing whatever cowboys do at the saloon. We don't talk about that at church. But my dream wasn't just to be a cowboy. It was basically to like time travel and go back to the time where it was normal and that's what everybody was doing and that's when it was possible. Like I wanted to be the typical like movie, westerner, video game cowboy. So yeah, it was actually a pretty big dream for me at that time because I didn't really see any time machines or anything like that. So I was just dreaming and hoping that one time, one day I could be this awesome cowboy. And I'll tell you a story. I don't know if it's true or not. My mom always says that when she took this photo, it was because I was running around the house in my cowboy stuff. She told me to take it off because we were trying to leave the house. And I had my gun, and I was firing it around. And she got on to me and told me I needed to go change. So I went out here to go sit in the sunset, like a cowboy does, on the chair. And I looked at her, and I said, you know, can a little cowboy just have some fun? And I don't know if that story is true or not, but it sounds cute. So we'll just pretend I said it and let my mom be happy that she made that story up in her head about how cute her son was. But regardless, it was super easy to dream 
like really big as a kid. Like it was super easy for me to think as a kid that I was a real-time cowboy and it was all going to come true. But if you're anything like me, as you've gotten older, it's become more and more difficult to dream big. And even more than that, to believe that your dreams will actually make a difference in the world. Because for, re- for a really long time, and sometimes, sometimes even still today, I believe that if something didn't seem achievable, that it was safer to just dream about it, but never actually to try to make it happen. Like just keep it in my dreams. I would fear investing time. Investing time and resources into something that might eventually fail. And here's the thing. Failing is something that doesn't ever feel good. Like, failing never feels good. So the safe route was to just dream about it, right? Just dream these small dreams and never take a real chance in life. Our fear, our fear of failure is what makes our dreams stay dreams and what keeps our dreams really tiny. Another thing that may hold some of us back is this feeling of insignificance that we could have. You know, when we were little, we felt like anything was possible. And the whole world was at our fingertips. Like everything revolved around us as kids. And now it seems like everyone is just one viral video away from having millions of followers and being famous. So it's like, how are we ever going to stand out in this world? How are we ever going to compete with that? Or maybe you were told to use your imagination as a kid, but now that you're in high school or middle school, you're told you need to be realistic. Just be realistic about what you're thinking about. Be practical. No more drawing pictures of yourself lassoing up bandits. No, it's time to, it's time to go study now. It's time to study and get serious about school and your future. It's no longer about riding off into the sunset on horseback. Now, it's about making sure you have the right credentials to get into that perfect college or that perfect school. Or to be ready to start picking your job that you're going to have for the rest of your life already. So no matter what you're thinking about or dreaming about, it just seems like we all live with this unspoken rule in our This rule that was put in place by other people around us, by society. And the rule is that the older you are, the less you should dream. A couple of weeks ago, we started this series called Rebellious. And we talked about how Jesus didn't always do what people expected of him, right? He shook up what was normal in his culture. He questioned rules that hurt people or kept them as outsiders. He turned things upside down in his world by doing what he didn't have to do, by serving other people when he didn't have to. What Jesus demonstrated for his followers and for us is that it's okay to rebel sometimes. Like it's okay to be rebellious or to push back against ideas that were actually never put here by God in the first place. Of course, at the time, many people, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing. They thought Jesus was just trying to create this political rebellion to overthrow the Roman, Roman government and just, or just to cause a scene. He was just another guy trying to cause a scene. 
But spoiler alert, we know now that wasn't at all what happened or what he was trying to do. But because some people believe that, because some people believe that was his plan, they had Jesus tortured and killed. They had him crucified. But thankfully, that wasn't the end of his story, right? Three days later, he rose from the dead. And as he reunited with his followers, he gave them these instructions. He gave them next steps on what to do. What to do next is what we call the Great Commission. It was recorded by Matthew, who knew Jesus personally. He was his friend as one of his disciples. And he wrote it down, this account of what had happened. And Matthew records Jesus saying these words. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So just think about it for a second. In the minds of his disciples, like get in the minds of his disciples, they were probably thinking, like, all nations? We're supposed to be baptizing all nations? That's a lot. Like, that's a lot of people. And it would have been a lot less overwhelming if Jesus just would have came to them and he would have said, okay, go and tell your friends what I've done, baptize a few people, and get a couple people who are close to you to follow me, and you're good to go. But he makes it pretty clear. He says, all nations, the entire world, Teach them all, serve them all. So not a few, everyone. So surely these guys are probably thinking, like, how is that even possible? Like, first off, Jesus, how do we even go about this? It's going to take me days just to walk up the road to the next village, let alone go to every nation and share who you are. I think you're dreaming just a little too big. Can't you rethink that dream just a little bit, Jesus? Make it just a little bit smaller, something more manageable? See, this task from Jesus, it could seem so big that we might, we might shy away from even trying. But Jesus, he wasn't even done with those words. He keeps going. He continues beyond just the all nations part. He says, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Everything, not just some of the things, not just some things that I've told you. And according to Jesus, his greatest commandment was to love God and to love others. So the mission was clear. It was find everyone, invite them in, and teach them to love God and love others. Jesus was inviting his followers to to join in this revolution this revolution that would in turn change the entire world. It wasn't a political movement. It was a bigger vision than they had ever dreamed that they could ever be a part of. And it was probably terrifying for them. Jesus' parting words to them were to go do this huge dream. Just think about it for a second. These were normal people, very normal people from normal families who lived in normal towns, None of them were extraordinary people. None of them were super powerful or wealthy. 
And think about the rule that we've talked about at the beginning. The older you get, the less the east of Jerusalem. And these guys are all adults. So like many of us, these disciples may have felt like they need to be a little more mature. They need to be more realistic than Jesus was asking them to be. Like, why would they have ever believed they could actually do what Jesus was asking them to do? Well, they do have one pretty good reason to believe it, and it was because Jesus was standing right in front of them after he had been crucified, after he had been killed. Jesus, who had been dead, wasn't dead anymore. Something that was impossible had already happened, and they saw it. So I imagine suddenly anything probably seemed fairly possible for them. I obviously, I don't know how each disciple felt about the situation. I don't know how they felt in the moment. But what I do know for absolute sure is this. They did go into the world. They did baptize. And they did teach. And because of them, we are here. We're reading their words. We're following because they told his story. Because they did what Jesus asked them to do. Thousands of years later, our lives are affected by the first people to take up Jesus on his invitation to go into all the world. So changing the world seemed impossible, but they did it anyway. I think that is rebellious. Something that seems completely impossible and going, I'm going to do it anyway. And the same is possible for you guys. Here's another way I think we can think about it. Like, be rebellious enough to do something that you don't think you can do. Even if you don't feel like you have anything significant to offer, stand up for that idea, whatever that idea is. Challenge that thought of feeling insignificant. Even if you feel like what's in front of you is all that you're ever going to see, I want you to stand up to that idea. Rebel against it. Because Jesus is calling you to be a part of something much, much bigger. And there's one more thought about this whole thing. If you have gone through or you're currently going through something that makes you think there is absolutely no way that God could ever use you. Maybe the most rebellious thing for you right now is to believe that God does have something for you beyond any of that. That this tough thing is not the end of your story. It's not even close. Whether that's dealing with sickness, growing up in a home that just comes with so many challenges, or battling loneliness, insecurity, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, God isn't giving up on you. He's not going to give up on you. And he's never going to give up on your part of the story. So, you don't get to get it, give up on your part either. We often, we use our circumstances, right? We use our circumstances and our struggles to keep us as, keep us from believing what God says. We use them as excuses from the very beginning of what God wants us to become. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a bigger role or a bigger plan or a future for you. He will absolutely use each and every one of you uniquely to accomplish his revolution of service and love for others. Because that's one thing that's for certain. No matter if you believe it or not, 
God is going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So either get on board or you're just going to watch it happen. Think about it this way. Kobe Bryant was once a sixth grader. Our vice president once only lived in a small duplex with her whole entire family. Elon Musk at one point had to study to get his permit, and he had to learn how to drive. So in other words, what I'm saying is, is we all start somewhere. Whatever your reality, you can rebel against that idea that you can't be a part of something bigger that God has planned, that God is already doing. Sixth grade Kobe, 10-year-old Kamala, and a student driver Elon probably never saw the magnitude of the impact that they would have on the world today. Never. It has nothing to do with being famous, but everything to do with having a willingness to dream bigger than their circumstances. So I want to challenge you guys today. I want to challenge you to be rebellious enough to do something that you never thought you could do before. Do it just like Jesus challenged the disciples. They probably didn't think they could do it, but they did it anyway. And in order to do that, I think there are three things that we can kind of pay attention to that will help us in those steps of being rebellious. And the first one is you have to imagine it. You have to imagine it. God is always at work in the world. And he's invited you to be a part of something, to be a part of serving others in ways that maybe you never had considered it. The fastest way to prevent that is to be closed off be completely closed off to the possibility of something being greater than you being possible. Being closed off to the possibility that there's actually something out there that's bigger than what you think it can be. So I just ask that first we open our hearts. Just like what the disciples did. They opened their hearts up to what Jesus had to say. And they had no idea the impact that they would have on the world today. And secondly, Pray big prayers for somebody else. The word to pay attention here is big, right? We talked about big dreams. So now we're talking about big prayers. Maybe you do pray for others, right? But you often pray with skepticism that anything is ever going to happen. And in some ways, that's a completely normal thing to do. But we have to be willing to pray with a hope that matches God's ability. Not our expectations of what we think is possible. Not what we think is reasonable or normal or expected. Remember, God so often wants to do things that are bigger than we ever could imagine. He wants to do things that are bigger than we could ever dream up or even create ourselves in our own hearts. So when we match our weak prayer to God's incredible, amazing, outstanding, extraordinary ability something really, really, really big can happen. And I'm not just talking about praying that somebody wins a lottery ticket, you know, or gets into their dream school. I'm talking about big work on the inside of people as well. Big prayers for God to be seen and experienced in people's lives each and every day. And lastly, we have to look for ways to help. It's great if we pray about it, if we dream about it, 
but at some point there needs to be action. Oftentimes, God will answer a prayer through his people. So I ask that you look for ways to serve. You look for ways to take action. You look for ways to do something for the people around you and around the world today. And here's another bonus. When we open up our hearts, when our hearts are open, when we pray for others, when we look for ways to help, God will also do something in us. Just think about it. That's, that's just the way that he works. We see a great example of this with the disciples. Jesus told them, I want you to share with others all the awesome things that you've learned from me. I want you to teach them. I want you to serve them. And I know that seems big, but you can do this. So what happened to the disciples after that? Every single one of them went from being normal people, looking out for themselves, to giving their lives for others. They all took a step out of normal and into greatness not because of their own power or anything that they used to elevate themselves, but because they did exactly what Jesus had instructed them to do. They served others in a way that was bigger than anything they could have ever dreamed up themselves. They broke all the rules about who could serve, about who could lead, and who could make a difference. They were rebellious in the very best sense of the word. So just think about it for a second. Like, can you imagine what it would look like if every single one of you, every single one of you made the choice each morning to be, re to be rebellious in that way, to do something that you don't have to do, and then to take it a step further and do something to serve others that maybe you never thought you could? Like, does that even seem possible to you? and Or does that seem impossible to you? Because if so, that's okay. I think that's one of the reasons why tribe is so important, why this community is so important. Because when, when you talk with others about what God can do, when you form a community built on his word, what he has already done and what he's going to do it's a lot easier to remember that he can do something amazing in your life. So this week, I, I, hope that you, I hope that you dream big in your friend groups, in your families, at work, in your own faith. I want you to imagine ways that God might use you in your community to change the whole world, to change the world around you. And most importantly, in whatever you do, to encourage each other to be rebellious enough to believe that God can actually use you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this room so much. I pray that as we go on with our weeks, our months, our years, that you would give us the courage to step out, that you would Allow us to put behind us all the things that hold us back, our insecurities, our anxieties, our feeling like we're not good enough or big enough, that we don't have what it takes. I pray that as we put those things aside and as you work in our lives, that you would present each and every person in here with a way that they can, they 
can really show the world who you are. That we can serve you in a way that honors you and shows people your love. I pray that each person in here feels your love and knows how loved they are by you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.